Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert's Pit of Judgment, the uh, the after hours live stream of the Mike Seibert Radio podcast powered by Poddex. I am glad to be back here with you on a Monday night. Uh, feels like it's been forever, um, even though it really hasn't if you've been hanging around with us uh, over the weekend on the live stream. And this week, that's actually what I want to kind of do is uh, spend some of our time catching up and let you know about some of the uh, the cool stuff and things. And I, I, I was having conversations with Lucky this morning before I left to go to work, and I'm finding myself kind of in a in a weird position with regards to. Uh, the Mike Seibert radio podcast, the a- after hours live stream and how all of that content kind of ties together or in some cases not. Some of these Monday night live streams have become podcast episodes. Others haven't, you know, and and it seems sometimes there are no there. There's no rhyme or reason whether uh on what I convert from a live stream discussion into a podcast. I mean, interviews, obviously. So it's like the, the convo I did with word burglar. I kind of did that as a two for one deal. It's like, well, I'm doing the Monday night live stream. Anyway, I know I want to chat with him. I know from times that we've talked in the past that Monday night is a good time for him. The previous uh, two or three times he's been on the show. It's almost always been a Monday night. Um, so I just thought that would be a no brainer. And as you saw last weekend and previously, you know, I've been kind of using this live stream platform to do my interviews and share them with you in a way that gets it to you even faster than the podcast would be. So, um, so there's that aspect of it, but I, I did a little bit of research through the kind of Mike Seibert radio uh, catalog, and I, I found out that from Christmas of last year to now, which is roughly 50 or so episodes, only three of them are shows that I've done by myself. Every other episode is either a, a guest interview or or a guest co-host. So, you know, I'm including like all of the uh, TV uh, specials that we've had Dave Sanders on before, all the times I've had the Autopod Decepticast guys on, um, you know, name your favorite guest co-host or uh, guest that I've had on the show. So it, it seems in the last few years, the podcast has become very guest centric, which I love. I like this where it's just me talking to you uh, and we're doing the live stream thing. As I've said before, it kind of reminds me a little bit of doing live college radio like I used to five years ago. But yeah, it's I, I do. I do sometimes wonder if folks miss the solo podcasts where it is just me. Um, because it, it was, it, it obviously wasn't like that until I started making more friends and really kind of started molding the narrative of the show to specifically highlight those guest topics and, um, and, and promoting my friends and things like that. What, what I, what I'm trying to uh, fumble around for here is that 
I didn't realize until this morning uh, when Lucky and I were discussing that I probably could have taken the back half of the live stream I did with Word Burglar and flipped it and and made a podcast episode out of it so that there was still something on the feed as opposed to just skipping an episode. It's it's up for debate within myself. I'm doing a lot of thinking out loud here, by the way, but it um I don't know if I would have had time uh, to flip that on Thursday and Friday because I was very busy with work, knowing that I was going to be taking the weekend off. Um, so it, it, it it's kind of it, it's tough for me to do revisionist history, whether I could have taken that second hour of the live stream and made a podcast episode out of it. The reason why I bring it up is because with the content that I've done this last weekend, and I'm getting ahead of myself talking about some of the cool stuff I've done, but I, um, you know, had the interview with the creators of the Starlight comic uh, on Sunday. And then on Saturday, I talked to uh, Aaron from Autopod Decepticast and uh, my dude, Dave Cabal from the uh, Retro Cabal podcast. And we just talked about the Transformers Studio Series 86 figure line because I figured that needed a separate space because if I didn't allocate a separate space for it, that's that's all this it all would be. And I didn't I wouldn't be able to get to any of the other stuff uh, that I want to talk about tonight while uh, while we're here together. So I just um, it, it was something that that occurred to me Friday night before I went to bed. Um, I'm just like, oh, well, maybe I just do a separate live stream um, a- as much as folks think my my friends, especially that perceive me as a professional podcaster uh bless bless i i i really appreciate you fam but yeah there are uh, there are often times where things come together very quickly and very spontaneously and oftentimes i make stuff up as i go um that's i i like having that flexibility it keeps me engaged in doing this style of podcasting but the flip side of this freewheeling stuff is that sometimes I find myself in a position like I did last week. I had a, you know, had a choice. It's like, well, do I scramble to come up with an episode or do I just take a week off? I've learned that it's okay to take a week off. I'm also learning that it's also okay for me to plan ahead. I um, I used to be better about that last year. Like, like for example, uh, when I went to Toronto for TFCon, um, I knew that there was going to be uh, two weeks where I was going to be away from any kind of recording equipment, and I knew that there wouldn't be uh, any opportunities for that. So I figured out a way to bank some content, and uh, my uh, uh, my dude and longtime producer uh, Dave Sanders, you know, was uh, he did a little bit of uh, co-hosting and kind of kind of did the wraparounds for my Transformers uh, fandom ask list uh, episode, which you know we we set up to publish while I was in Toronto. Um, But I I seem to have gone away from that. I don't know if that's because I'm becoming lazy or if it's just because I'm trying to be more zen, for lack of a better term, about 
not feeling the pressure to constantly put out an episode every week because I I think with the way things are now in kind of the, the COVID quarantines that uh, we're consuming things differently, you know, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about this and, and a lot of talking openly here that, um, you know, I mean, my show has changed, you know, look, uh, look at just the proliferation of video content. You know, it's like I do, I did two different live streams over the weekend and I'm doing a third one here now. Um, and what I'm finding is that doing these live streams is the closest thing to just like, um, jumping on the radio. And even then you can't do that. I, you know, um, you can't jump on the radio and just crack a mic and be live over the air like you can here on the internet. And it's, it's um, in my excitement. I have kind of neglected to uh, plan ahead and figure out like a place for everything and everything in its place. Um, so, yeah, I just um, the, the thing I've not gotten a good handle on is which live streams become podcasts and then which live streams are content to just live here in the video feed. Um, if you have any feedback, I'd be uh, uh, definitely uh, open to hearing about it because it's what the, the thing that I've discovered is that with uh, with the Monday night live stream is that there seems to be an audience for it. When I did it a couple months ago, when I started a couple months ago, it was just kind of meant to be a one off gimmick. Like, uh, you know, we're celebrating five years of Mike Seibert Radio, the five year anniversary of my very first live show happened to fall on a Monday night and it just felt right. And then it continued to feel right. And quite frankly, this feels right right now. I I like this. I, I like the feeling of just kind of being live without a net and just kind of, um, you know, I, I, I don't have the opportunity to stop and edit and you know sometimes that that provides its own challenges too you know where inevitably i will get distracted um i'll lose my train of thought and um but but it's great i just i i enjoy this opportunity to connect with you directly in a way that there isn't isn't the same thing as doing podcasting now do I want to trade podcasting for live streaming? I don't know about that. I, do, I don't know if I'm ready to make that leap. I've been very critical of YouTubers and video streamers and, and that, um, that culture. And I don't know. It's, it, it's, it, it, it's been tough for me to wrap my head around because now I don't want to say, that the novelty is wearing off. That's not what I mean. But what also has happened is now that I've realized that I have been doing these Monday night live streams long enough, it's time for me to really kind of give consideration to, is this something I want to continue doing? Um, is this the one-to-one translation uh, vessel uh, for whatever you want to call it for the podcast? Does this replace the podcast? 
all things I need to consider. And none of that I meant to go over uh, tonight. It just just kind of popped into my head um, uh, while I was thinking. And um, and uh, Shar just jumped in the, the comments here. Self-care is important and you are absolutely right. And I think as content creators, we that that's that's like the first thing to go right you know it's you know how hard can i push myself to get that content out um and for me and i i've i don't want to necessarily rehash it now but i've talked a lot about how i pushed myself to just kind of like maintain my streak of consecutive shows and to loop back to something I talked about earlier about, you know, how we're consuming things differently. I, I find that, um, oh, let me give you an example. Um, a friend of mine, friend of the show, uh, Steve Strout, uh, from the Steve Strout.com and, uh, Caleb Lowry, uh, both of which have been on the show before they recently launched a new podcast at the Steve and crypto show. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's really well made. And, you know, they, they talk about, you know, kind of like, uh, the paranormal and, and, uh, but also kind of the, the same type of stuff that I do where they're putting spotlights on independent creators, local independent creators. Um, and, and it's a good show. And it's kind of funny because like, I I've listened to, uh, like the first two episodes and then I, I check my feed and realize that there's like another three episodes that I haven't listened to yet. And it's it's just a weekly show, you know, just like most podcasts. But I found myself getting behind um, and it, it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, man, there's another episode. And I I just I just wonder if uh, uh, sometimes some of our other friends that that put out a podcast less frequently if they've got that figured out i wonder if folks have the same um experience with my content where they're like oh my god another mike cybert radio and this one's two and a half hours my god um you know it, it's funny i i've heard folks say that they listen to my podcast on like one and a half speed or two times speed I, uh, I, I can't listen to podcasts that way. I've, I've tried and it just, uh, it just scrambles my ear. But if it's, if it's a way for folks to get through some of those longer episodes, then, um, then I'm not necessarily going to complain about it. All right. I'm, I'm going to move on because like, I, I feel like if I, uh, dwell on this for too much longer, I'm just going to dwell on it for, uh, too much longer. Uh, but I, I hope you all enjoyed episode number 50 of the Have Not Seen This podcast. That is a, a podcast hosted by a guy named Rafe Telsch, who um, I learned in an interview episode with him. This, you know, he, he goes way, way back in podcasting, but he um, recently launched this podcast called Have Not Seen This, where he uh, invites a guest on and the guest picks a movie that um that they don't think i or, or, or i'm sorry that they are surprised that more folks have not seen so in for me i picked 
the Transformers, the movie from 1986. And it was, um, I, I've talked about it several times already, but it listening, listening to the episode and incidentally, um, every podcast that I am a guest on, I, I am like, I don't know if it's a weird narcissism thing, but I listen to every podcast that I am a guest on, uh, just to hear, um, I guess how I come across, cause usually there, there's, there's some kind of, uh, production delay in this case with, uh, have not seen this. It, it was a couple weeks. I mean, I, I want to say we recorded, um, like, like the third week of September and then it, uh, it, it just came out last week. Um, you know, because it takes time to produce podcasts, but what I found is listening to the, those guest shows, usually a couple weeks removed from the conversation is really interesting to kind of hear how I come across and how I turned out. And, and quite frankly, since the, since this is kind of like a, a behind the curtain show, I, I guess you would call it. I just want to hear how the editing is uh, just to kind of hear what they edit, what they don't, what they leave in, what they choose to take out. And it was interesting because like the episode of uh, have not seen this is um, uh, it's, it, it's like 77 minutes and um, is near as I can remember. I mean, like I listened to it and I couldn't readily identify anything that he took out because I also know, as you know, brevity is not my strong suit. And I did kind of, kind of, you know, uh, give extra exposition and extra explanations. And I, and even at the time I'm like, oh, he's going to cut all that out because that, that's just, uh, uh, that's just extra. And yeah, I, I couldn't think of anything that he took out, um, but it was it, it was a really fun conversation. He had not seen the movie before. He was a G.I. Joe kid go- growing up and wasn't a Transformers guy. And so we talked about that. We talked a lot about growing up with G.I. Joe toys because I I was both. I I love G.I. Joe toys. I loved uh, uh, Transformers. And so we kind of bonded over that. And the the thing that's interesting, and I've seen this reaction from folks who have listened to the episode, is that they they were kind of surprised that he didn't like the movie. And he didn't like the movie, but he enjoyed the conversation he had with me, and he appreciated the passion that I brought uh, to it. Um, so while he didn't like the, the movie specifically as a standalone piece, um, he did enjoy the experience that came with it, you know, uh, watching it in preparation of the conversation with me and then doing, you know, the episode together. And, um, one of, one of the things that, that I had heard, um, my, uh, my buddy Dave Cabal had, uh, was in the process of listening to the episode and he had said, well, you know, when it, whenever I hear somebody say they don't like the movie or badmouth the movie, uh, his response is like, you know, let me at him. And I, I don't know. I have a, um, kind of, kind of like a weirdly different approach to, uh, I, I guess how the rest of the world sees Transformers the movie for uh, f- 
I, I guess that's the only way I could put it, is that my hottest take, and I don't know if I share this with the fandom or not, um, it, it's it's difficult for me to tell, especially now that I've spent the last several years kind of talking about the movie in as much detail as I have, you know, dedicating entire episodes to it and really kind of incorporating that as part of my brand, I guess you would call it for lack of a better term. I, I kind of tried to build a reputation for myself as the Transformers, the movie guy, you know, even before I kind of joined the Transformers fandom. And then, you know, once I kind of start participating in the fandom, it's like, oh, um, you like that movie, too. That's that's cool. We all do. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, sure, you're special, just like uh, uh, just like the other kids. But I, I think because of that kind of trying to um, because for the longest time I was kind of outside of the fandom, I, I I understand that the movie is not inherently a good film. Um, objectively, um, I, I happen to like it quite a bit, but I, I do also think that it's, um, very difficult to approach, um, unless you have all of the information, unless you've spent two years with these characters in the cartoon and, but I, I've kind of softened my, my stance on that a little bit in the post Michael Bay movies era, because now everybody worldwide, I would say as much, if not more so than they were back in 1984, 1985, 1986, uh, folks know who Optimus Prime is. Folks know who Megatron is, uh, Bumblebee, um, uh, so on and so forth. You know, they, they know what the Transformers are. So I think my amendment now is that Transformers the movie, since you know what those concepts are, you can enjoy it as kind of like a snapshot of the 1980s. And I think um, uh, that was a perspective I didn't necessarily have until uh, fairly recently. But I, I also appreciate, though, that it's not for everybody. And it's I, I think it's it's a combination of nostalgia my personal nostalgia um but yeah i i i i do find myself kind of weirdly bristly when folks are combative towards folks that don't like the movie i'm not um because like you know i've got a um I'll get to this later when it when I talk about the um uh what's what's in the box uh just off off camera here um but it's it's not everybody's jam and so when folks say like well this is bad this is dumb this is this is um whatever you know I I can't dispute them and um you know, so, uh, yeah, sure. You're right. Uh, you know, uh, writes, I saw the movie for the first time before seeing G one and had no idea what was going on. And, um, when I interviewed Flint Dilly, a uh, story consultant on transformers, the movie, that was one of the things he said was kind of, kind of contributed to the box office failure of transformers. The movie is that it's, 
it's hard to have it both ways because on one hand it's the i love it because it's the culmination of seasons one and two of the cartoon the problem with something being a culmination is that if you don't have the history it doesn't make a lick of sense so it would be um the example i would give is if you are going to put avengers affinity war and avengers endgame shoot actually just endgame by itself let's say you give them just endgame and say here you go that movie is the culmination of 23 other movies and 10 years even more so than two seasons of a saturday morning and then later weekday afternoon cartoon um but to me it kind of still has kind of like that same weight and significance um where i was going with that is that i don't necessarily fault anybody that says that they don't like it because it is weirdly unapproachable oh that's where i was going like i i was bringing up this weird um avengers endgame type uh um analogy here um in that I don't know if you can enjoy Avengers Endgame by itself removed from any of the Marvel movies. Like if I mean, I, I don't think you need to see all of them, um, but it helps. Likewise, I feel the same thing about um, uh, Transformers, the movie. Uh, looks like uh, uh, my dude Mario has uh, uh, jumped in the chat here. Uh, as you know, Mario is the host of the Northwest Phenomenon. That is that is available on a couple few different radio stations now, and he's uh, he's I, I, I'm super proud of this dude. He's a he's a KGRG alumni a few years ahead of me, and he's uh, he's really been making it happen uh, recently there. But uh, back to Transformers the movie, I I wanted to. Uh, let me see if I can find where this is. Uh, give me just a moment here. One of the things that that's been uh, floating around the internet uh, uh, this week through the through last weekend, I think, was a old uh, review of Transformers the movie. This uh, this was originally spot. I spotted it on the uh, Toy Robot magazine. Uh, Facebook page. Anyway, Toy Robot Magazine found a um, old review of Transformers the movie from the time, and I thought I, I would take some time and um, actually, I'll just go ahead and share it on my screen so you can see it. But then I will um, we'll just read it together because it is it is pretty interesting here. Um, and and I had a few, um, I, I had more than a few folks share this with me on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, most recently, uh, Anthony Brucalli from tfu.info, um, he sent it to me uh, via Twitter. Uh, twitter uh direct messages anyway he was just like i saw this on toy robot magazine thought of you thought you uh you'd like it but anyway um let me see um so i don't know what publication this is for i don't know the date i don't know where this comes from but i, I want to read this uh review uh transformers a poorly made confusing toy ad that from uh, the reviewer name is nan clan cherry nan clan um 
Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, should your child be an ardent fan of the Hasbro robot toys and clamor to see Transformers the movie Take Heart? The film is so poorly made and hard to watch, it may turn youngsters off the toys forever. Transformers are robots that can turn into cars, airplanes, dinosaurs, and a variety of other gadgets, both good and evil. The good guys seem to be the ones with the suffix bots, autobots, dinobots, junk bots, junk bots. The bad guys are the cons, Decepticons, Insecticons, Sharkticons. The prefix indicates that the rob what the robots turn into cars, dinosaurs, junk people, general bad guys, insects and sharks. The bad guys don't like the good guys and are trying to exterminate them. We never find out the cause of the feud. When a giant planet called Unicorn appears on the scene and inhales the good guys planet called Cybertron, some of the good guys are on Cybertron's two moons, so they send a shuttle to the Autobots Earth City to seek help. The shuttle is attacked and taken over by the bad guys who plan to use it to sneak into the Earth City and destroy it. This leads to a showdown between the two head robots, Optimus Prime, yay, and Megatron, boo. They both are fatally damaged and their minions withdraw to safety. Optimus, with his dying gasp, passes on the diamond-like matrix, the source of the good guy's power, to Ultra Magnus to keep in trust until a natural leader rises from the ranks to claim it. The dying Megatron begs his soldiers not to flush him out of the shuttle along with other damaged robots in order to lighten the load and conserve energy. Megatron, of course, is flushed. But Unicorn has plans for Megatron's evil and recruits him to destroy the Matrix. The only thing that, sta that stops in Unicorn's way to ultimate control of the universe. Megatron is resurrected as a newer, more powerful model, Galvatron, and is given a new army. If the plot sounds confusing, the visual aspects of the film are worse everything is poorly drawn and when it's in focused one dimensional it is terribly hard to separate the robots from the backgrounds and there is no easy way to tell the good guys from the bad guys in an earlier movie based on some sort of robot toys gobots colon the battle of the rock lords the good guys were either white or colorful and the bad guys were dreary, and they had distinct personalities. Not this movie, semicolon. Everyone looks and sounds alike, except for one pink robot who is a female good guy. Her tin voluptuousness makes her stand out. About 20 minutes into the film, I gave up on the plot and tried to count all of the ideas that were stolen from other sources. Now, that kept me busy. Unicorn acts like the evil mass of power in Star Trek colon the movie. And Galvatron's ship looks like a Klingon battlecruiser. Galvatron is based on Star Wars Darth Vader. Vader. 
and the Decepticons look either like Battlestar Galactica's bad guys, the Cylons, or Coneheads from Saturday Night Live. Ultra Magnus's ship is a ripoff of the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. And there's a chase scene right out of the Road Warrior. There's more, but you get the picture. Other bad features of this movie, question mark, a rock soundtrack that makes no sense and reverberates through the theater, and two instances of gratuitous profanity that are really jarring. Voices are by, are by the late Orson Welles, Leonard Nimoy, Robert Stack, Casey Kasem, and Scatman Carruthers. Why respected actors would stoop to such a project is beyond me. Maybe they were rejected for The Great Mouse Detective and accepted this project on the rebound. Transformers the movie is a prime example of the type of junk fed to our children under disguise of entertainment. It's really one long commercial for toys that, if they're of the same quality as the film, are going to last maybe 10 minutes before they're thrown in the trash, which is where this movie belongs. Transformers the movie rated PG is showing at the AMC Franklin Northtown and Southwick theaters. Um, Nan Glen Cherry. Uh, so there you go. And again, I've uh, I've shared that in a few different spots, but uh, the original source that I found was uh, was again a uh, Toy Robot magazine, uh, their Facebook page, and there's a lot to unpack there and. The Internet, meaning uh, Facebook and Twitter, have, you know, really kind of like eviscerated the things that that this lady has said. Um, the the thing that I want to that I want to pick apart is it's just re regardless of criticism of Transformers, the movie, it's just a poorly written uh, review. It's like I I almost maybe like within the next week or so i want i want to do more research to find other reviews that this person has written to kind of compare and contrast because uh first of all the the review is rotten with spoilers and we've talked about you know in in previous episodes kind of how i feel about accidental spoilers in reviews arguably there isn't much in here that isn't in the trailer. You know, it, it's like, will Prime die? And what is the secret of the monster planet as it shows Unicron transforming like right there on Front Street in the trailer? Um, but I mean, no, there's explicit spoilers in here where they talk about the death of Optimus Prime and they passes the Matrix onto Ultra Magnus. Um, I do like, though, how the way that she phrased it is that Magnus is kind of supposed to be the the kind of caretaker of the Matrix before a natural leader is um, is found. And I don't know if I've heard that phrasing elsewhere, uh, natural leader. I, I kind of like that. And and again, you know, the, with, with Hot Rod being the chosen one and and. Um, and all of that. So I, I th that was one nugget I kind of liked. But but again, I mean, like I, I had to do so much um, scrunching and squeezing on the screen just to be able to read it to you. It was just like an overly long uh, column. It actually kind of like weirdly reminds me of the Michael Bay movies in that it's overly convoluted, overstuffed and overlong. And I just um 
I don't know. It, it just feels like weird commentary of uh, of the movie and the franchise, and and of course, the joke being that you know, thirty five years later, we're still talking about this movie, and I I don't I you know I, <laughs> I don't want to be morbid, but I I don't I don't know what's become of uh, Nan Clan Cherry. Um, so I mean, hopefully she's still okay, living a happy, healthy life where uh, no longer emburdened by reviewing movies. Uh, but speaking of Transformers, the movie, um, the Hasbro Transformers Studio Series '86 figures dropped on Friday. They were announced on Thursday formally after months of rumors and speculation. Uh, but Hasbro had a fan first Friday streaming event um, on YouTube and they, they went through wave one of the figures. Um, it, there are six figures, three deluxes, two voyagers and one leader class. So you've got um, jazz, cup hot rod scourge oh blur i keep forgetting blur and uh and grimlock with uh with wheelie so uh those were all announced on friday and went up for pre-order uh friday at noon eastern which was nine o'clock my time i just happened to be in front of a computer and was able to snap them up and i was happy to do so now, like I mentioned at the uh, at the top of the show, I'm not going to talk about uh, Studio Series 86 because I knew I, I had a choice. I was either going to do that's all this episode would be or I would talk about the other stuff. Um, so I decided to split the difference and I got with my dude, Dave Cabal and Aaron from the Autopod Decepticast. And we talked for about two and a half hours about these uh, six action figures and, you know, talked more about Transformers, the movie. We kind of speculated uh, where the line can go. If there is to be a wave two and beyond characters, we want to see uh, characters were kind of surprised weren't included how this line of figures fits in with the current uh, generations line of Transformers action figures, really kind of trying to like puzzle through uh, some of the uh, more bizarre choices. Like uh, for example, you have uh, scourge in studio series, but Cyclonus is in uh, the kingdom line as part of uh, war for Cybertron. So we kind of get into the minutia of all that and trying to, trying to figure it out. Should there be repaints of uh, siege Springer or Earthrise RC? And what are they going to do with ultra Magnus? You know, just uh, we didn't necessarily talk about Daniel's rocket sled or uh, because yeah, we, we, we spent several minutes trying to, scrape the bottom of the barrel of the movie situation and characters trying to figure out, you know, what, what else uh, can be done with the line. Um, I, I'm going to speculate now. I would like to see, because we know we have hot rod. Uh, he's a Voyager class figure. Um, and, as far as we know, there's no plans for a Rodimus prime figure. And I think that's how you can do rocket sled. Daniel, you do very similar to how Grimlock is a larger leader class figure 
that comes with a small, non-transforming, but still posable wheelie figure. I think that's what you do. You do a leader class Rodimus Prime that is just a just a Rodimus Prime, one that doesn't have to worry about, very similar to the Power of the Primes um, Rodimus figure that still had to be hot rod in a in a Rodimus Prime mech suit, basically, where it's like, you know, it's one figure and you're just snapping armor on it. I mean, save that gimmick for Ultra Magnus. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to just see like a straight up large scale leader class Rodimus Prime. And then you give him like, I don't know, like like a, a two, three inch Daniel figure. And then that's where you can throw in uh, that uh, uh, that rocket sled. And, um, I, and I think that's kind of how you square that circle. Uh, speaking of, if you are a fan of me and Aaron talking Transformers on a live stream uh, next weekend, the 24th and the 25th, uh, we are going to be doing a live stream during TFCon weekend. Uh, we'll be doing a TFCon uh, third-party panel reaction video. Uh, TFCon has uh, canceled their in-person events for the year. So um, basically, in place of that, they've decided to launch what they're calling TFCon Online. It will be next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, October 24th and 25th. I know next to nothing about that, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I'm still trying to promote the the me and Aaron thing. So one of the, the hallmarks of TFCon is the third party panel where it's it's a panel where they talk about third party transformers. I'm trying to over explain this for folks that that might not be familiar. Um, but yeah, basically it's, it's a video slideshow where they talk about the latest in unlicensed transforming robots, uh, show off some renders, show off some prototypes, um, stoke rumors and speculations. It's a lot of fun. I'm not necessarily a third party collector myself, but my buddy Aaron certainly is. And we enjoy doing shows together. So we, uh, we did it earlier in the spring when TFCon Orlando was canceled. It, that, that was like one of the first casualties of the Rona. It was uh, supposed to happen in uh, February or March. Um, and uh, that event canceled, uh, but they just did it as a, a pre-prepared video. And then uh, Aaron, he's like, hey, dude, you want to you do a show about the third party panel? And, you know, I jumped on the phone while I was packing. Uh, that's an episode of Autopod Decepticast where, you know, you can actually hear me like taping up boxes as we were uh, getting ready to pack. It was a ton of fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, because of that, and we got a really good reception uh, to that episode, too. Uh, uh, folks really seem to like it. So we're going to do it again. But here's the thing. If you're saying, well, hey, Mike, when is this going to happen? You mentioned that TFCon Online is uh, Saturday and Sunday. So when's the third party panel? My answer is, I don't know. I just uh, I was just on uh, TFCon.com and the schedule that is posted there is uh, the in-person schedule for the canceled TFCon Orlando, which I, I 
I, I have to be careful here because I don't want to necessarily come across like I am throwing TFCon under the bus, but I am going to throw TFCon under the bus a little bit. It's just one of those things that we as fans have kind of gotten used to. And I've certainly grown accustomed to it just in, in two years of uh, participating. They, uh, they usually post the schedule the week of which for folks preparing for a convention is very nerve wracking. Like I I'm used to like Emerald city comic-con posting their stuff like months in advance so that, you know, I, you know, I, I get prepared. So it's a, it's a little different, but that's, that, that's kind of what you get when you have a, a convention run by fans. Um, so it's, you know, in often, a lot of them being volunteers as well. So, I mean, I, I don't want to necessarily let them off the hook too easily, but I also don't want to necessarily get into mudslinging. My point being is that I have, we have no idea when the third party panel will be, whether it will be on Saturday or Sunday, or whether it will be early in the day or late in the day. Uh, but speaking of TFCon, and I know you just heard me say that I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but I am still going to kind of throw them under the bus um, a little bit. Um, uh, earlier uh, before the show, I, I got a request to kind of talk about TFCon a little bit and how they aren't really doing any promotion for panels or artists or really anything having to do with um uh with this weekend's festivities and and again as i said unfortunately with tfcon that's kind of a little bit of par for the course but for me at least your mileage may vary but i i've seen them promote um three things one is artist uh casey collar had briefly opened up commissions um, for uh, specifically to celebrate TFCon online. I thought it was really cool. And if, if you are a Transformers fan and have the opportunity to get a commission piece from Casey Collar, I would uh, highly recommend it. He did an incredible uh, sound wave for me and it is, it is one of my very favorite and I have some incredible sound wave commissions. Um, but anyway, yeah, so and, and I don't want to necessarily promote it too hard because his commission list has since filled and he said no more. I can I, I can only do uh, so many. But um, and and that was him as as an independent artist saying like, hey, uh, TFCon online is this coming weekend. I'm opening up commissions to participate in in this event or to commemorate uh, this event. Um, so you can get your commission. So that, so Casey did that and then TFCon retweeted him. So I don't know if that counts as TFCon, uh, kind of, um, uh, promoting their own thing. Um, a couple days ago, I saw, um, originally tweets from, uh, the transmissions guys talking about an interview that they did with, um, writer legend simon Furman, who uh did you know the the majority of the united kingdom comics and then later the back end of the uh marvel u.s comics uh from um 
uh, from the end of that run. Um, so the transmissions guys kind of advertised that and said, Hey, you know, we've, we've got our interview we did with Simon Furman. It was a lot of fun and it's going to play during TFCon weekend. So basically transmissions who is their own podcast, they did this interview for TFCon. And so now it's going to premiere on the TFCon YouTube channel uh, Saturday, the 24th at 9 a.m. I have no idea what time zone um, because like I just looked on my YouTube and it says 9 a.m. Okay, so here we go. So this is what the TFCon YouTube page looks like. And as you can see on the screen here, it's a thumbnail of... Um, presumably a, a zoom style um, video chat with writer Simon Furman, along with the entire transmissions gang, including my dude, big C uh, Yoshi, Daryl, Cybertronian beast. And of course, Jeremy um, looks like they're having um, a lot of great fun during that. And it says premieres in four days on October 24th at 9. AM. So I don't know again, if that is, 9 a.m. local to whatever your municipality is. So like if you're on the East Coast, would this would this say um, noon um, or would it still be 9 a.m. localized to you? I don't know. Um, the reason why I bring this up is I don't uh, I, I, I feel a rant coming and I'm trying to tamp it down, but. I, I think this is another example of pre-recorded content. I mean, because like as you saw on the screen, this interview has happened already. I I don't know when it's happened, but it's certainly not next weekend. And I you know, I, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show that I'm I'm having some kind of existential dread with regards to what I'm doing here on the live stream and what I'm doing with the recorded podcast. And I think one of the things that, that has um, added to my difficulty is at what point does content become stale? For me, I've gotten into the habit of turning over my stuff very quickly and more or less doing content for immediate consumption. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I do very little banking of content. Now I, I mentioned my dude, Mario, um, you know, with, with he, with him doing the Northwest phenomenon every day, every time I see him at work, he's telling me about how he's working hard to get content banked up. And it's, and I think that that most professional podcasts do that. Um, certainly YouTubers, certainly uh, folks that do video because of, you know, the, the additional production. But it, it's just something that I've never gotten into is just like, you know, recording something and saving it for later or in some cases much later. And it's influenced my taste. I. I've I've been critical of a lot of 
streaming online fan conventions type things. I, I talked about this with uh, regards to uh, DC Fandom, that like all of that content was uh, was pre-recorded, and that was especially egregious because it was obvious that it was recorded at many different times. Like Jim Lee is in a half dozen different panels and he is never wearing the same outfit twice. Um, I think Ezra Miller was in two different panels. One, he has a really shaggy long hair and a beard. And in another one, he's like clean shaven and has really short hair. I mean, it's, it's like jarring how different it was. And like the two panels were like, you know, like a couple hours apart or something like that. But, um, so I don't know. I just, I, I, I do understand the need and necessity for, um, pre-recorded content. It, it helps things flow more smoothly, but for me, I, I don't think I'm going to tune in and watch the uh the simon Furman interview while it's live because i i it's old it's immaterial whether i've seen it before it, it's yeah it's again i i think this is something that is that is just unique to me um you can sound off in the comments and let me know how how you feel about it but it's it's something that that i've gotten really weird about because like um over the summer during sidefest northwest that was all live content and you could tell <laughs> in the best way possible very similar to this live stream here in that you know it's it's live without a net and it's dangerous and things can go wrong and you know because like you never know when like the the nice cleaning person is going to come in and 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 be vacuuming um i i didn't plan for that there's no way to plan for that and that just kind of added a um Again, just kind of like a, a weird degree of, I don't know, I hesitate to say excitement. Um, I think there's something wrong with me because like I'm almost like excited when things go wrong. Um, again, kind of reminds me of that, of, of when I was on radio and I would hit the wrong buttons or like I'd leave my microphone turn on. All these just various um, mishaps and misfortunes that I also think are endearing. Um, you know, and, and you can have that when you've kind of, uh, built that, that, uh, um, equity, uh, with an audience, but, um, and, and it was the same thing with the, um, uh, the, the Hasbro pulse fan first Friday, um, event that I talked about earlier, where they revealed studio series 86 and it wasn't as apparent, uh, but still a little bit that uh, that that it was definitely pre-recorded. It, it certainly was not live. Um, it, it reminds me, like you know, um, even further back, like during a PulseCon, where like you could tell it was recorded because like some of the the uh, segues and and tosses were kind of kind of scrambled a little bit. Um, you know, folks reacting to things that hadn't happened yet. Um, so, I mean, I mean, that kind of stuff is kind of fun as well. But anyway, where I'm going with that is that I don't know 
what, if anything, TFCon has planned aside from this one interview that they're going to run on their YouTube channel? Are they doing uh, fan panels? Couldn't tell you. Are they doing interviews with other artists and creators? Don't know. Um, I don't really know anything about it other than the third thing that that they've uh, just tweeted about, and they just tweeted about it tonight, Monday night, the 19th, um, five days before the beginning of the event, um, the exclusive action figure that they're, um, uh, they'll be exclusive to the con. I'm not even going to bother looking it up because it's some weird planet X thing of some, some convoy thing that I just, I, I don't care about. So I'm not even going to bother researching it, but I don't know. It, it just, it, it really kind of stifles the excitement for this virtual TF con thing. If they, they can't even be bothered to promote themselves do is their expectation that folks will just show up um, because you go to the website and there's just a schedule for the Orlando show. I don't know. Um, so, if uh if this was the podcast, you know, the the Mike Cybert Radio podcast and and you know I had access to all of my sound effects, it would be at this time that I would fire off the familiar uh shout out sounder. You know, you can use your imagination and sing along, you know, shout it, shout it, shout it out loud. Um but I I do want to talk about uh, some podcasts uh, from uh, some friends of mine that I've been uh, listening to uh, these uh, these last couple weeks. Um, uh, first, I, I mentioned Word Burglar a few times. Uh, he just recently put out a new episode of his podcast, uh, Weekend at Burgies. He um, mentioned that during our interview a couple Mondays ago. Uh, but I had the opportunity to listen to uh, the most current episode of his other podcast called Do You Like This Movie? Do You Still Like This Movie? And it um, it was he and, a, he and a buddy, and they were talking about this movie from 1983 called Uncommon Valor. And it's a movie I was familiar with. Um, and, and basically I, I guess the, the best way I would describe it, you know, it was, it's, it's a 1980s war movie, uh, about rescuing forgotten POWs, prisoners of war from Vietnam. I mean, that, that was like a huge trope in kind of like the early to mid eighties, you know, Rambo and first blood and, uh, and, and movies like that. And I, I remembered this movie pretty vividly and uh, they nailed it during uh, during that episode, episode number 11 of Do You Still Like This Movie, where Uncommon Valor is basically like a G.I. Joe type movie where you have like these colorful characters with uh, uh, distinctive personalities and and, uh, you know, like interesting code names. But the thing that I had forgotten about that that I was delighted to remember listening to the podcast is that Robert Stack is in that movie and he swears a lot. So it's interesting, you know, uh, fans of unsolved mysteries and obviously his work in transformers, the movie um, to, to hear that is, was pretty cool. So that, so I would recommend you go watch the movie if you haven't yet. Uh, It's called uncommon valor. It's from 1983 stars, Gene Hackman and a bunch of other folks, including Robert Stack. Um, But if you want to hear 
um, some uh, uh, great commentary and conversation about it. Check out episode number 11 of Do You Still Like This Movie from uh, Word Burglar. Um, I also got to check out the latest episode of G1 and Done from uh, friends of the show, uh, More Than Meets the Pod, uh, where Kit and Harper covered um, uh, two episodes from season two of the Transformers cartoon, uh, Dinobot Island Part 2 and The Master Builders. And what um what i like about listening to more than meets the pod and autopod decepticast kind of in parallel because they're they're two different podcasts that are covering the same material they're both currently going episode by episode from the original transformers g1 cartoon um they and and just bizarre coincidence they're like on the same schedule the same pace so um i think maybe they kind of alternate weeks depending upon uh production schedule so now to hear it bounce to the other side and listen to more than meets the pod um is it is just great fun because i like i feel like you get perspectives from wildly different sides of the fandom um you know you've got crusty old g1ers like myself and then you have uh the millenniums and and young people that weren't raised on g1 like uh um like i was and and my friends but the one thing that that does crack me up is that both of them during their discussion of dinobot island part two and again the episodes were were probably produced weeks uh, uh, separated from each other, but they both managed to use uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. Joke multiple times during their discussion of uh, Dinobot Island Part Two. Um, so, th- so that kind of cracked me up. But I, um, I, I think I've talked about this before, but I, I, I've been kind of watching season two, kind of along with. Uh, both of these podcasts, uh, Autopod Decepticast and More Than Meets the Pod, kind of um, in parallel. Sometimes I listen to the episodes first, then get around to watching the episode, or sometimes I'm an episode or so ahead. Um, It just kind of depends. But um, it, it reminds me that I don't have a lot of nostalgia for season two of the Transformers cartoon. I have tons of nostalgia for season one because I I had half of the episodes on videotape. So I would watch them constantly and to say nothing about the movie. Cause I mean, that that's a, you know, that's a whole nother different thing, but I never had any of the videotapes for season two. And really quite frankly, because there there's like 49 episodes. I, I don't remember a whole lot and I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia uh, for those season two episodes. So in a, in a way, I mean, I'm sure I've seen all of them maybe, but it's possible that even after 35 years, maybe I haven't seen all of them. I, I, I couldn't say definitively. Um, But, but I, I, I am certainly enjoying my time. Uh, uh, watching the episodes along with uh more than meets the pod and autopod decepticast it's uh it's been a blast just kind of um you know picking up on their references and jokes and and it's uh it's a lot of fun and it, it just kind of reminds me because i i i talked about this 
a few years ago, like when I first uh, got acquainted with Aaron Ryan and Caleb, the, the APDC guys, is that the, the way their project started, their podcast, was a minute-by-minute breakdown of Transformers the movie. They since finished the movie and then moved on to the episodes. But when I first got to know them, I told them that the show that they're doing is an idea that I always wanted to do. I I always thought doing like a minute by minute breakdown of the movie would be a lot of fun. But what I have realized from listening to their show and how it's grown and developed and now kind of having more than meets the pod side by side is that while I think my version of that would be interesting in the way that this is interesting, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. It wouldn't be nearly as funny and quite frankly, wouldn't be as good. Um, so, so I enjoy uh, being a listener of their shows and because it, it just, it just gives me a really, really fun new perspective. Now, that being said, I do like talking about these shows in these episodes also. So uh, dropping next Sunday, uh, the 25th, that may or may not be during the time we're doing a, a live stream about, <laughs> about uh, the TFCon third-party panel. But, uh, but anyway, dropping next Sunday, uh, the 25th, I return to the Autopod Decepticast. I am a guest on their episode uh, talking about uh, the episode called Auto Berserk. That's the one with uh, Paranoid Meth Head Red Alert. Uh, that that was a really fun episode. That was an episode that was done by a uh, the mysterious third animation studio. It's not Toei. It's not Acom. We don't know what it is. And there's uh, th- there's some flourishes in there that are uh, really interesting. I I hadn't seen the episode conservatively in twenty to thirty years. And but the the reason why I chose it is because, like I, I mentioned earlier, I have almost no season two nostalgia, but the but there's one image that is seared into my brain more than more than anything, and that's uh, a red alert with the red rings around his eyes and and the um, um, uh, flashing uh, flashing lights above his head. Um, but in a weird coincidence that's the only way i can explain it um the latest issue of transformers reanimated uh that uh that fan fiction project by uh yoshi from the aforementioned uh, transmissions podcast and greg from the unfunny nerd tangent podcast their latest issue um features red alert so i i i don't know i just i i thought that was um it was a very bizarre coincidence and dig this Casey collar cover. Um, you get a, you get the, the corner art with the, his uh, uh, sexy looking jazz and you have um, red alert in a very um, uh, Batman, the killing joke uh, inspired uh, uh, piece there. So that's, that's super cool. I I'm really excited uh, to, to check that out. I've already read the script. It is, um, it is a lot of fun. And again, it just kind of goes with 
you know, like I said, that that uh, a conversation about Auto Berserk, uh, which will be coming out uh, next Sunday, the 25th. Um, let's see. So but all right. Uh, the thing that that's, you know, because I'm talking about various podcasts that that I have uh, consumed and enjoyed uh, these last couple of weeks. The, the thing that's cracked me up the most is the uh, batch of episodes uh, of Transformers University, uh, you know, hosted by uh, by my good buddy, Anthony Brucalli, uh, owner-operator madman uh, behind uh, TFU.info and all of the uh, things that go with that, including the, uh, the Toy Archive, the YouTube channel, and of course, the Transformers University podcast. Anyway, I um, specifically episodes 92 and 95 uh, discussing the 1987 Autobots and Decepticons uh, respectively. So we're talking uh, Headmasters, Target Masters, Double Spy, Clones. Um, and, you know, as 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 Ant explains what uh is in the toy line he plays a lot of uh the original commercials and a lot of these were like kind of like kind of kind of trapped in the cobwebs of my memories i i vaguely remembered them but the the reason why i, I want to point it out now is just uh, i i gotta share some videos or i'll, I'll share the the tfu uh episodes but the the ads for these are hilarious like i i remembered the commercial for fortress maximus and that one has like its own you know it has its own lyrics to the to the melody it's like fortress maximus and i i remembered that one because i had fortress maximus and um so i i always kind of like i identified um with that and incidentally uh, let me tangent for a second here i i was i was going to send this as a voicemail to uh uh to ant and uh tfu.info uh because he talked about fortress maximus during uh episode 92 of transformers university i was going to send him an email and just tell him very briefly my uh my fortress maximus story i've i've told it told it a few other places but um Basically, I I I got Fortress Maximus Christmas of 1987, and the size of the box. I mean, th- this was a hundred dollar transformer. I mean, it, it is still even now today the centerpiece of my my Transformers collection. Anyway, I I go to unwrap it, and I look at the box, and I didn't have a nintendo at that point didn't have a nes so i thought that the box for fortress maximus was a was going to be a nintendo because i i had asked for it and when i when i pulled the wrapping paper back and saw that it was fortress maximus instead of a nintendo i i i it's difficult to describe the feeling that i had because it was like the the feeling of exceeded expectations like oh man i really hope that this is a nintendo oh my god this isn't a nintendo this is fortress maximus and it's one of those things where it's like because he was so big and so expensive i never dreamed in a million years that i would get him um i i don't know what what uh 
what my mom and aunt and and grandmother uh did to kind of like pool their funds or whatever I'd, i i don't know the logistics of that i might have to ask my aunt about that one of these days but um yeah it was just so yeah that that's that's the thing it's like i i was hoping for a nintendo thought it was a nintendo and turns out it was fortress maximus instead so that's anyway that that's my fortress maximus story but um it goes further with these uh these vintage 1987 autobots and decepticons um uh commercials because it was all like you know it's when the it's when the theme song changed you know it was like more much more than meets the eye and everything was just head master transformers more much more that you get the idea um but but there's just there's just a few of these things that that really cracked me up um uh specifically the uh and and this is still i mean it it's been over a week but this uh the the song for the uh the the target masters the target master transformers is, is still because it it is it is the most bizarre uh transformer song ever but it it you know it talks about it talks about the transformers it's it's a uh, um two transformers out of one the vehicle transforms and so does the gun and it's just the vehicle transforms and so does the gun and it's just that 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 lyric has been stuck in my head for a week and it i don't know it's 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 a very memeable uh speaking of memeable also there was the commercial for the uh clones the autobot clones and the decepticon clones uh one turns into a jet the other into a dragster but uh even hilariously with the decepticon clones uh uh, one turns into a puma, the other into a hawk, <laughs> and and just Victor Caroli given the this delivery first saying dragster, and um and then of course his um uh, pronunciation of uh, uh puma. So maybe help me settle this here. How do you pronounce it? Is it puma? Is it puma? Uh. I, I always thought it was Puma, but um, maybe that's like the folks that say Jaguar or Porsche. <laughs> um, it, it could be one of those uh, uh, one of those kinds of things. But anyway, th those are uh, those are those are very short episodes that have brought me a lot of joy uh, this week. I just you know th this whole thing. I just and so does that gun. <laughs> it's just it's it's so goofy. Um, I also want to shout out the uh, Retro Cabal podcast uh as as i've mentioned a few other places he's been doing this daily journaling uh series called the transformed life where he kind of talks about how um kind of telling the story of his transformers fandom um you know he's he's a 90s kid and you know he's a gi joe fan and a marvel legends fan and and uh power rangers and so kind of like uh transformers is kind of like mid to lower tier in terms of his fandom. But one of the ways that he and I have connected in a really big, bad way is that he has almost as much love and nostalgia for transformers, the movie as I do. And he has, um, he has some pretty cool, uh, vivid nostalgia memories of, you know, like how he first encountered the movie. I'm not going to spoil it here, but he, uh, um, you know, he, he just, he just talks about it, 
uh, pretty vividly. And and again, if you if you're not following uh, Retro Cabal on Twitter, you're missing out because like my dude is just um, it's it's hard to describe, but he's just he's just a nice earnest guy who uh even when there's negativity uh in in fandom he finds a way to be positive and to remain positive and interact in a positive way and i i i I admire him in that because like you know he's the guy that i sometimes wish i could be but i can't get out of my own way i i always have to kind of like jab people on uh on twitter.com uh doing some of that provocative uh content there but um dave's a great dude i really um enjoy his stuff and i i think uh i i think if you like my type of style of just earnest here it is. Here's what I'm into. Hope you like it. Um, I, I, I think you'd really be into uh, uh, Dave and Retro Cabal as well. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out to the Steve and Crypto Show. I mentioned them earlier, but uh, from the stevestrout.com, uh, my buddy uh, Steve and um, and Caleb, aka Crypto Zoo. They've um, uh, they've been you know, it's, it's been a long gestating project for them. And I keep telling them every time I I see Steve at a convention, it's like, Hey, you you know, start your podcast already. And, and they've done it. They, they've got, um, I don't know, maybe half a dozen episodes now, but, uh, recently they interviewed Greg Smith, uh, from, uh, junior Braves of the apocalypse, uh, retro emporium. And, uh, specifically they had him on to talk about, the Kickstarter for issue two of their independent comic uh, called Starlight. Now I, uh, I had the creators of Starlight on uh, Greg and Travis. Uh, They were on about six months ago on the podcast. Now this last weekend, I, I was excited to talk to the entire creative team. I had Greg and Travis, the two writers, and then Brett, the artist. Um, we did a live stream yesterday, uh, Sunday afternoon. That is episode 294 of Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, my interview with the creators of Starlight. And it was... Um, I, I think we talked about the book. I think mostly we talked about... Um, uh, how to how to kind of structure a Kickstarter campaign and how to uh, uh, learn lessons and bounce back from failure because um, uh, not giving too much away. I had Travis and Greg on six months ago for the Kickstarter of issue one of Starlight, and it um, it, it was a massive success. Uh, blew up, and they. Uh, successfully funded and funded very quickly. Um, But then uh, a few months later, they launched a Kickstarter for issue two. And for as successful as the first issues Kickstarter was, the second issue was not it. They, they didn't make their goal. Didn't make it by close. It was um, um, a failure, unfortunately. So they reevaluated uh, figured uh, figured a few things out that they do talk about during the interview, relaunched the Kickstarter for issue two of Starlight, and then the damn thing funded in 24 hours. Uh, 
So um, we, we talk a lot about that, about basically like what happened, lessons they learned and, um, you know, how, how you kind of bounce back from setbacks. And we talk about the book also, uh, but that's uh, um, the video is available now everywhere you're watching this video. Um, it was a lot of fun. I think you'll dig it. Um, and, and it's really kind of like a, a, we kind of talk about how the world has changed in the last six months, because, you know, um, six months ago, I talked to those two guys, Greg and Travis over Skype, and we recorded it as a podcast. Six months later, we do um, live stream video and, you know, and then, and then flipping that around, uh, for a podcast again, kind of what's driving some of my existential dread with regards to, um, doing video content versus, um, uh, podcast content, but I don't want to relitigate that now. Um, and, and finally I wanted to, uh, shout out, uh, friend of the show, great friend of the show, uh, Lucia Fasano and her uh, partner, I'm sorry, uh, her fiance, um, uh, Kyle McCormick's new podcast called a chicken in every pod. Um, as they describe it, that, you know, it's funny for like the last seven years, it's been like, when are you guys going to do a podcast? So in, in the spirit of, um, election season, they have decided to uh, combine their forces and and take advantage of this uh, of this uh, uh, particular time in history and launch their podcast. Um, obviously, a play on words, uh, you know, a chicken in every pot. They are doing a chicken in every pod. Uh, come along as a graduate student and his much cooler fiance explore all the minutia, trivia, and historical context of contemporary politics in U.S. history. You will laugh. You will cry. You will vote. And we'll all have a ball in the process. Uh, so their debut episode is available now. It's on YouTube. Uh, I think they host on Libsyn. So it's on a few other uh, podcast platforms as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from, well, you can listen to it everywhere you listen to Mike Seibert Radio, because I don't know if that's the case. But their inaugural episode uh, was about uh, court packing. And I... I, I thought it was it was pretty funny and and very informative as well uh, for folks that kind of want um, want a little bit of humor with uh, with their politics and yeah I, I I thought it was really good and I'm really excited to see uh, what they do uh, going forward. Plus, there's some cool history about Hoover Dam as well, so I thought um, I thought that was pretty neat. And if um, if that name sounds familiar. Uh, Lucia Fasano is, uh, she's been on the show, um, a number of times talking about her, um, uh, her comic work, uh, but also her music, uh, her two albums, radio silence and best friend forever. Um, and, and yeah, she's, uh, she's just incredibly sweet. One of, uh, one of my favorite people that I've connected with, um, uh, doing this podcast thing. And, and Kyle's a great dude too. He's, uh, he's, uh, he, he's really funny and he's just, just, he, he's got a um, just just a, a sharp mind and a sharp wit and very uh, very well informed. Um, but she uh, uh, Lucia also uh, wrote and performed the Mike Seibert Radio theme song. Not to be confused with uh, you know uh, Michael Geisler's uh, uh, guitars for uh, a nice place to visit, but you know it's the, it's the Mike Seibert Radio oh oh oh. Uh, song anyway that that's from lucia uh check out her podcast it's uh super awesome um 
anyway, that's uh, so so that's what I that's what I've been up to uh, for the last couple weeks. Uh, coming up next week on uh, on next week's after hours uh, live stream, um, I am going to talk about um because I, I i'm running out of time and i don't want to necessarily talk about it now but um i want to talk about acdc you know at a time where uh 2020 has taken so much from us uh here's an example where 2020 gave us something back that we weren't expecting so we have um a new song from acdc as well as a new album none of which i had any idea uh, were even in the works so i do want to talk about that at a little more uh length um i'm also going to uh show off um uh, some new uh, additions to uh, my uh transformers display at home um and uh and a couple other additions as well uh but before i get out of here very briefly and very quickly because i've you know i i've i've teased this out for a while um i couldn't get out of here without showing off this enormous box from hasbro pulse and oh my god that's a big box Show and tell. Judgment is here. This is the Transformers War for Cybertron um, Hasbro Pulse exclusive, uh, PulseCon exclusive Quintesson Pit of Judgment. So uh, really briefly, I'm going to see. Actually, I'm going to see if I can do one of these. Oh, that actually. Okay, that actually kind of works. So um, this this box set was initially supposed to be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. San Diego Comic-Con went virtual and obviously went away. Um, so this became a Hasbro Pulse exclusive that they put out during uh, PulseCon. And as you can see, you have um, you have five figurines within within it. You have the Quintesson Judge a Quintesson Bailiff. I can't point at these and hold the microphone at the same time. Um, a Sharkticon uh, down below, as well as the Quintesson Prosecutor and uh, uh, poor Cranix there, who's about to be fed to the Sharkticons. Um, I don't want to necessarily get too much into the lore of what this set is, um, but I do want to share with you the one main reason why I bought this thing. And it's as much for the individual figures as it is this artwork that's on the back of the box, but there's a very specific call out. Ah, there it is. I just had to switch my angles there. So um, on the back of the box, it says inspired by the Transformers, the movie and the uh, box art uh, is a recreation of that iconic scene on the Quintesson planet and their twisted judicial system. And you see the uh, final fate of Kranix, the uh, last survivor of Lithone. So um, anyway, there's, there's a lot to talk about with regards to this set and how that kind of um, 
in a way kind of sparked my renewed interest in getting transformers and specific uh specific transformers for specific collections and specific lines but that uh that will be a different story for a different day i think i'm going to close things out on that note but um i i I showed uh, some pictures on uh, social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I just thought, um, since I got him, I'd, I'd show him off here. And he, again, he's it, it's super cool because, I mean, like the thing that I talk about in the live stream where we're talking about the Transformers Studio Series 86 figures is that this is something that I never thought I would ever see that I would ever get. And, you know, and, and in such a um, deluxe presentation to where it's like, you've got the uh, cardboard um, diorama basically that recreates um, the, the scene so vividly and perfectly. And, and and I love the figures and I, I um as far as the scale goes, I mean they're a little out of whack. I think the Quintesson Judge is a little too big, the Alicon is a little too big, whereas I think the the uh, prosecutor figure and the Cranix figure are a little too small. Uh but the trade-off on that is that this Cranix scales with that Shark Decon. So that's so that's kind of what you want, and that's kind of cool. But um but yeah, man, uh, it's it's a really cool set, and it's something I'm never going to take out of the box. It looks like it was designed uh, to uh, uh, to be displayed like that. So that's that is how I am going to leave it. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for watching us here on the live stream, uh, participating in the chat and for listening to the podcast. And if you want to listen to my podcast, Mike Cyber Radio, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud. And come back here every Monday night for the After Hours live stream, starting mostly at 8 o'clock Pacific time, uh, streaming on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook Live. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Mike Cybert Radio is powered by Poddex. My name is Mike, and until next time, wear a mask, wash your face, wash your face, wear a mask, wash your hands, and make good choices. Good night. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.